listening to The Knicks Recap, your source for all New York Knicks-related content. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Knicks Recap, your source for all New York Knicks-related content. I'm your host, Troy, and don't forget to hit that notification bell so you stay updated with all of our latest episodes. We're going to be talking about a lot of Knicks-related content today. I'm happy to get into some good Knicks-related content for once because I feel like every time I've come up here, I've been talking about losses, but thankfully the Knicks are on a two-game winning streak. I know you're probably saying to yourself, why am I celebrating a two-game win streak? Well, I mean, it's the Knicks. I mean, and it's this season. What, what's, what do you expect me to do? I only got so much to be happy about. There are other things to be happy about. um, And we'll talk about that briefly as well, too. I want to cover a few topics today, guys. Uh, Get you in and out um, and have you enjoying your morning, morning coffee, or if you're listening to this at lunch and, you know, enjoying your lunch, whatever the case may be. Just trying to get you ready for the Hornets game tonight at 7 p.m. where the Knicks take them on. It should be a good game. The Knicks on paper should win and if they do they will extend this winning streak to three plus games and i mean i'd like to see that i'd love it so you know go knicks but here's a few things i wanted to get into a few topics and one of the main topics that's come on fire recently not only on twitter uh, Bleacher Report actually has reported on it. And, you know, there's a there's a lot of things uh, circling this particular player, Cam Reddish. So if you've been living under a rock, he's not in the rotation anymore. Tom Thibodeau has a new nine-man rotation. That does not include Cam Reddish. His new nine-man rotation is Jalen Brunson, Quentin Grimes, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson. Then off the bench, he plays four. And then he adds a starter to that mix. Sometimes it's Brunson, sometimes it's Randall, sometimes it's Barrett. It's usually one of the uh, big three or mid three, as some people like to call them. Uh, And Cam Reddish isn't part of that reserve unit. The reserve unit off the bench now is mainly Emmanuel Quickly, Miles McBride, which is good to see, but in a way, you know, Reddish is not there, so you you look at that, but Miles McBride is getting more minutes now consistently, and that's probably because of his defense, and we'll get to that. Then you had Obi Toppin, who was getting minutes, but now he's down and out for about at least four to eight weeks because it's going to be two to three weeks before he's reevaluated. He has a fracture to his stibula. So, you know, as an explosive player who runs up and down that court, he's going to need his feet and his legs underneath him to do what he does regularly. Him being out, for me, feels like a death nail into Obi Toppin's time with the New York Knicks because he he was already not getting that much minutes. And now, you know, with this injury, I have no idea what Tom Thibodeau is going to do, and that's the scary part. So it was obviously Obi Toppin, and then you had Isaiah Hartenstein, so those were your four mainly off the bench. With Obi topping out, you know, you might think, oh, well, look, Cam Reddish has time to play now. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think Cam Reddish plays another minute as a New York Knick. I just don't see it. 
especially given, you know, Tom Thibodeau's minutes and what he's been doing with them and what we've seen and the availability of Reddish, the fact that he is healthy, the fact that I believe and still believe Cam Reddish earned his starting role for the New York Knicks. But then he goes down with a you know minor groin injury, comes back, and then we see his minutes go in reverse. Plays 27, then 22, then 15, then 10, then 5, then nothing. Then it's a, you know, DNP, coach's decision. I don't even know what to think about that. Cam Reddish is one of your better defenders, one of your more athletic players. And not only are you not playing him, but you're letting him waste away on the bench. It's a criminal offense what Tom Thibodeau has done to this man. It's clear as day that the reports that came out last year about Tom Thibodeau not liking or wanting Cam Reddish, it just seems to be true because the kid has all the talent in the world. I think he just needs to be developed to thrive, but nobody's willing to do the development. And I thought the Knicks were at least going to be able to do that given the young core we were trying to build, but we're not even doing that. Reddish is a wing, a three and D wing. He needs some development, but he is talented and athletic. They don't grow on trees. That position is coveted. There's a reason the Lakers, the Heat, the Bucks, the Sixers, there are so many teams in the mix for Cam Reddish. Do you think they like him just because, you know, they think he's an okay player? That's what you, is that why so many teams want him? That why the Lakers have coveted Cam Reddish even before the season began? No. They see talent. They see the athleticism. And they see that it needs to be developed. Because they see if you develop that, who knows what Reddish turns into. And that's the thing. I don't know what Reddish is. He's a good offensive player who shows flashes on the defensive end. And if he cleans it up on both ends in terms of understanding when to be more aggressive, uh, when to look for a shot, if he can include more playmaking into his game and be able to be elite and consistent on defense each and every night, and that gets developed with Cam Reddish, he might be one of the best players in the league. But then again, these are all maybes, ifs, you know? We don't know if it can happen. It, the potential is there. It could be cultivated to happen but we don't know who's going to unlock that for him if it can ever be unlocked so that's why a lot of people some people in the fan base have already said trade reddish you know he's uh he's not consistent they're already dogging on reddish before reddish has even left new york that's a bad look fans do not dog a player before he leaves your franchise and how about don't dog a player at all because they read this shit they see it you don't think they read? You don't think people share stuff with them? It happens more than you think. We talk about Twitter bots. We talk about, you know, burner accounts. Those things exist. You don't know who's listening to your take when you're on Spaces. You don't know who's listening to your podcast like now or watching your YouTube like now. You have no idea. That's why you have to stay consistent in what you say. And I've always been that way. I call it like I see it, fans. I always have. And I've said it from the jump. Cam Reddish earned his starting position. I think he's earned at least playing time with this New York Knicks team. I think he could be a very good piece to this team. 
I think it's a crime that we haven't seen Grimes and Reddish play more together because I feel like a unit with them together playing at good stretches, add Mitch to that, add Barrett to that, add Randall to that, you could see a great run of defense with that core. But I don't think we're ever going to see it anymore. I stand very firm on my belief that Cam Reddish is done as a Nick. I stand very firm on my belief that he will not play another minute as a New York Nick. Tom Thibodeau has ruined Cam Reddish. He is probably going to go to the Lakers, given the strong connection that he's had there before the season began. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat added him or um, you know the Bucks added him because everybody needs another athletic 3 and D. They don't grow on trees. The Knicks should keep him. Whatever the reason may be, they won't. He will be traded. And I think Obi Toppin, and we're gonna get we're just gonna go into it, might be along with that. Because again, Cam Reddish saw his minutes go to zero as a coach's decision after coming back from an injury. He's basically healthy, but the coach elected not to play him in his new nine-man rotation that we just covered, obviously, right? One person in that nine-man rotation was Obi Toppin. But then last game against the Hawks, you know, he comes, uh, I think he comes down a little awkward. And as he does, he injures his, or excuse me, he fractures his tibula. Anybody who's had that injury before knows that even though he's going to be reevaluated in two to three weeks, which is what the report is, we all know that just because that's the report, it doesn't mean that's when he's going to play. Because reevaluations could happen two or three times before he sees the court. And seeing the court is different than seeing contact basketball. He's going to have to practice, get his wind back underneath him. He's going to have to cut back to conditioning. Then he's going to go on one-on-ones, two-on-twos, three-on-threes. Then he's going to go into five-on-fives, full contacts, yada, yada, yada. And that's when he'll get worked back. And then you have to rely on Tom Thibodeau breaking whatever new nine-man rotation he creates because of Toppin's, you know, injury. Or maybe even go to eight-man rotation because who knows what this coach is going to give you anymore. But let's say he creates a new nine-man rotation. Once Toppin's back, I don't see Toppin being worked back into that offense and defense properly by this coach. So it brings the question, is he still going to be a Nick by the time he even comes back? And here's a hot take. He won't. Given what Julius Randle is doing, given that they have been, it's no secret, star chasing, Zach Levine's name has come out, even though Zach Levine is not up for grabs. There's been num- a number of reports that have stated that Chicago, you know, basically would never part with Levine or DeRozan right now. They see those two as their core pieces that they want to build around. They're not going away from those two guys. It's a pipe dream. Fantasy land. You guys want to live in fantasy. I don't want to live in fantasy. All right? And even if you got Zach Levine, which, by the way, if you did get Zach Levine, that would probably cost you Barrett, Emmanuel, Quickly, and Toppin just for players. And then picks, you're probably looking at three first-round picks at the very least with those three players. And then what you trying to sell me on? Brunson, Levine, and Randall? What, what's that, the mid three plus? Get the fuck out of here. I don't want to see that shit. 
No, I don't want to see that shit. Why would we do that just to be mid plus? No, it doesn't make any sense. You know, all the respect in the world is Zach Levine. Don't want to see him as a Nick right now. Appreciate you. Don't want to see you as a Nick right now, especially if I got to give that all that up. And I think I probably have to give up more for Zach Levine, the all-star. Nah, man, I'm good on that. Thank you very much. Appreciate you, but I'm good on that. But going back to Obi Toppin, I feel like he's going to be used with Cam Reddish in a way to either get assets to star chase or to actually get a star, you know, within that type of trade scenario with those two maybe plus picks. I don't know the exact trade that it's going to go down, but it's clear as day given the rumblings that I'm hearing that something is going to happen with the New York Knicks. A trade is bound to happen. Reddish seems to be at the helm of it, but don't be surprised if Toppin gets thrown in there too. This injury for me, I felt like, is the nail in his coffin, especially with the coach that we have. Look what he just did to Cam Reddish. Healthy DNP. What do you think is going to happen with Toppin? Again, I'm very, very concerned. And let's see what Tom Thibodeau does in response to, you know, losing part of his nine-man rotation in uh, Obi Toppin. A lot of people think Cam Reddish is going to be inserted there. I think you're 100% wrong, but let's see what happens. I hope I'm wrong. I want to see Reddish. But I don't think you're going to see him under this regime, under this coach again. So either coach goes or Reddish goes. And given the connection with Leon Rose that Tom Thibodeau has and the backing that we heard him have and continue to have throughout. Tom Thibodeau's not going anywhere. He's going to be your head coach for the foreseeable future, which means Cam Reddish is not going to be one of the players you see as a New York Nick in the foreseeable future. Let's talk about somebody who a lot of people are hating on because they're saying that this person who I'm talking about, Quentin Grimes, stole Reddish's starting position or his playing time. That's one of the stupidest pieces of shit I've heard in so long. You're blaming Grimes for what? Playing good? How do you hate another player? Hate the coach. Do you understand that a DNP coach's decision is a coach's decision? That means that the player was available, ready and healthy. And the coach decided, yeah, I'm good. I'm not going to play you. How is that Grimes fault? What do you want Grimes doing when he's out there? Not play? Grimes has been working his way back from a sore foot injury that's kept him out for, you know, 15 plus games, you know? And when he's been out there, he's been trying to work his way back with the starters, getting back into game shape, as you will, because you can practice all you want to. But when you get back to the game, there's a difference. And that's what he's been trying to do, trying to get back into that game shape. And you saw it. He's been finding... His way, he's been fighting his rhythm. He scored 20 plus the, um, you know, the other night, five of seven from three, you know, gives you the defense and he hustles. He plays man on man ball defense. Look what he did to Trey Young, you know, for all purposes, he locked up Trey Young. Trey Young didn't do almost anything to us. He rocked those King of Broadway shoes and did shit. I think he was like nine for 20 or something like that against us. Didn't do anything. I don't think he even played the fourth because we were blowing that game out of the water closing the third you know so again Grimes addition to the starting lineup doesn't seem to have been a bad decision we get the defense and if he stays consistent on offense with that shooting we'll get the shooting that we lost with Fournier but just added defense 
which is essentially what Grimes was supposed to give you. If he can be that consistently, this team is looking very different because now you got a reliable shooter and then he helps stretch the floor, which allows your paint to open up and your drivers like Barrett, like Brunson, like Randall to get in the paint and do damage. That's huge. That's what we need. We need more of that. So Grimes getting great on offense recently is amazing to see. I think he's one of the biggest reasons that the Knicks are 2-0 and in their last two games. And he's a good defender, but also a good playmaker as well. And maybe this is a little shocking, but I think you're going to see some stretches, maybe even tonight, where it's Grimes at the point and Brunson at the two. I'm not saying it's going to start that way, but, you know, for stretches where they're playing their new nine-man rotation or whatever Thibs is going to give us tonight, I think you're going to see stretches of Grimes at point and Brunson at the two because we've seen cases where Brunson looks sometimes more like a scoring guard and Grimes sometimes looks more like a playmaker. So it would be a good tandem to see. And the fact that you can kind of switch back and forth between those two makes it very good to have a backcourt like that. So, you know, I don't hate the decision to add Grimes to the lineup. I hate that Cam Reddish has lost his playing time because that for me is stupid. If anything, he should be playing with Grimes because that makes the most sense. And I don't know why Tom Thibodeau doesn't see that, but that's an, that's another story for another day. Um, but there's no hate for me on Grimes. I think Grimes' addition to the starting lineup has been great. I think he's starting to find his footing. He's definitely giving you the defense that you expected, but now he's starting to turn it up on offense. Maybe not as quickly as many people wanted him to, but he is. And I'm not going to hate on that young man who's come in looking great. I'm going to give him all the praise in the world. And I'm not going to hate on him because he, quote unquote, took Cam Reddish's minutes. I'm going to get mad at the person I should be mad at for that. Tom Thibodeau. I have nothing, nothing at all bad to say right now when it comes to Quentin Grimes. I think over the last two games, he has shown why he's been added to that starting unit, why he can be in that starting lineup and what he brings to it. Defense and against the Hawks, offense. Okay, admittedly, I need to see the offensive side happen more often and consistent but if that happens i don't want to hear shit he would have more than earned the starting position at that point but you can't get mad at the minutes he's getting either he's earned that too miles mcbride another person added to this new nine-man rotation he gives you the defense that quentin grimes gives you when he's not in so when grimes goes to the bench it's great to have another hard-nosed defender equaling miles mcbride that's why he's there and his offensive game, because not the G League, unfortunately, his NBA offensive game has not been there really. On Against the Hawks, he came, came through a little bit more, and he was getting there, but still, you know, not consistent enough. But his defense absolutely is. You know, he can play a hard-nosed man-on-man defense. He's just a hard-nosed defender. Mike Green says it on every single uh, telecast. If you watch it, you'll be able to see why as well, too. He's always on the ball and always on his man. And he's always like a, like a gnat on you. He doesn't leave you. Always just with you, going through screens, getting butchered through screens, man. That's what Miles McBride gives you, that toughness, that grit. And it continues the defense, again, that Quentin Grimes gives you. When he's out of the game, Miles McBride continues to give it to you. And you need somebody in your backcourt that can do that. 
and you need it at all times in 48 minutes. And that's why I believe Miles McBride is now earned himself consistent playing time with this New York Knicks new nine-man rotation. And I'm very happy for Miles because I wanted Miles to play more because we knew how good on defense he was. And we just needed to see it. And we're seeing it. And clear as day, he's been showing us what he's always showed us, that his defense is elite. His offense is not, unfortunately. And his offensive game needs to get there. And I think it will over time. But his defense is always there. And that's why he has playing time. Can't be mad at, can't be mad at Miles McBride. I think he has done an amazing job in the last two games. And I want to see what happens tonight against the Hornets. Uh, that game, again, is at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right. Uh, pre-game with uh, Alan Hahn and the guys at MSG Networks are going to be at 6.30. So you can catch that as well, too. And we'll probably be doing Twitter spaces throughout the day. Um, shout out to at Nick Spaces as well, too. Uh, follow me at, at the Knicks Recap if you haven't been doing that on Twitter. So that way you can uh, tune into all of my spaces. I'm actually having a morning uh, space on Saturday, December 10th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. We're going to be discussing all things Knicks, but most importantly, it's going to allow you, all the Knicks fans, to give your take. Tell me what you think. What's on your mind? You know, come back at me. Maybe something I said during this podcast triggered you. Write it down. Come on my Twitter space and get at me on it. Because besides anything else, I love the back and forth. I love it because either I help you, you help me. But at the end of the day, I think we help the fan base. We help them see a different side of things. And I think as content creators, that's our job. And I love that. So please jump onto the Twitter space when you see it up December 10th, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. That's this coming Saturday. Um, before we close here today, I just want to give a shout out to Julius Randle. I know I've been tough on Julius Randle all season. He's had some of his horrific games this season, done the jab step, the spin move, jumping up in the air, not understanding where he's going to go or pass, turnover after turnover. I could keep going on and on. But I'm not going to focus on that for right now. Julius Randle was phenomenal. Phenomenal against the Hawks. He usually is. He usually has big games against the Hawks. But again, phenomenal. I'm not going to say who the Hawks are missing. I know a lot of people are trying to fixate on that. They still had Trey Young, and Trey Young notoriously, you know, torches us. But Grimes held them in check, and as that happened, Julius Randle cooked. Capella couldn't do shit against him. He tried, couldn't do it. I think they put uh, Okongwu on him as well, too, the rookie off the bench. He, you know, tried to do stuff off him, couldn't do it. They put another rookie on him. He got him in foul trouble in, like, in 11 minutes. I forget what that rookie's name is on the Hawks. Fans, if you uh, if you know it, just at me on Twitter and remind me so I can give him credit. But, I mean, nobody can stop Randall. No one. So, for me, Randall gets his flowers. For me, Randall did a, an amazing job. And for me, there's, there's no hate with uh, Julius Randall. I think he did a great job if he continues to play within the offense, not as much iso ball, um, looks to play, make, and pass more, which I felt like he was doing. Um, a lot, especially with the Hawks, especially in the third when he came back in. Um, I think it just gives him a bigger bag to play around with because you don't know if he's going to pass to play make, if he's going to pull up the shoot, he's going to go into the paint and go right to the you know rim, if he's going to do a jab step before he takes a you know a fade away. 
he has a lot of different things he can do, especially if he adds playmaking to the mix more. So if he passes that ball, it only behooves his game. It only makes it better. So um, I hope he can do that. But he had a phenomenal game against the Hawks. And I hope to see it again against the Hornets. And I hope to see it against the teams that matter, the teams that have all-star level talent. You know, if I can see Julius Randle do it against the Bulls, if I can see him, you know, do it against the Kings who are on fire right now, it would be great to see that because it would show me that he comes to play every single night the exact same way. The biggest thing for me with Julius Randle has been consistency. He has just never been consistent enough when you needed him to be. And that's the biggest issue. If he's consistent in his play and does that playmaking and ball movement, Julius Randle could be a very special player for this New York Knicks team. We say it all the time, but the unfortunate part is it's we say it and then it goes right away because he shoots for eight for 32 another game after against, you know, a strong playoff team. And then you think to yourself, why can he only do it against the weaker teams or the teams with players out versus the teams who are healthy or who have all-star level talent? That's what frustrates you. So, you know, that's the thing with Julius Randle, but no hate toward him. I thought he had a uh, phenomenal game and I hope he can continue it moving forward. All right, Nick fans, that's going to do it for us here today. I appreciate you rocking with me. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us. Until next time, peace out, Nick fans. Listen to new episodes of The Knicks Recap, streaming every Friday.